0: sound health radio show where we talk about the crossroads of the environment and our health with Richard talk to me guy me and as we know Sherry Edwards is off working on the SoundHealthPortal.com. I really suggest going to the SoundHealthPortal.com, health pulling to the bottom clicking on the video tab finding a video which is a recording of Sherry doing a live online webinar with somebody showing how the Sound Health Portal works, doing a workup with that person. Pick a video that you find the category interesting. Watch that video because if you watch the video, learning about the Sound Health Portal will be much more you'll see it and go, wow, that's amazing. I didn't know we could get that much information. Or just the way that it really allows a practitioner, a Bera, Bioacoustic Associate Research Associate, there we go, just allows you to get so much information and seeing it done visually makes more sense than me talking about it for a long time so i really do advocate for going to soundhealthportal.com, scrolling down past all the stuff that you're going to go oh i want that i want to check that out yes that's all true go down watch the video first because the setup will make ever so much more sense and you can go back and look at some of the current campaigns which are the free software packages where they're allowing you to just all the software, and choose one like, let's say, Corona Conflict or Fibromyalgia or Biodat. You can choose one of those, and then it'll walk you through doing that, and it'll just make so much more sense after you watch the video. So that's at soundhealthportal.com To hear and share replays of the show about 20 to 30 minutes after you hear the outro music, you can go to talktomeguy.com, all one word, scroll down that page, and you'll see the episodes, and at the top the list of episodes, now about 380 episodes, just there. You'll be able to scroll down that page, see the show notes, see all the links that we refer to in the conversation. At the bottom corner of that show, those show notes is a microphone, and if you want to leave me a message, it works really easy on a mobile device, but you can also do it by, on a computer by just clicking on the microphone, and your computer will ask you, do you want to allow access to your mic? And you can leave me a message? question or a comment or how about this person or how about that person and could we follow up with this kind of question and you can find that at the show notes in any of the show notes for the shows that are there and you can find that all at talktomeguy.com there's also links at the bottom right below that is right below the show notes is a player that works really well on mobile devices and as well as on computers but everybody a lot of people are listening to stuff on their mobile devices and just click right there and listen and or link through click through so about half a dozen podcast aggregators. I prefer pocket casts. With that. Jordan Gruber, J D M A, Renaissance Wordsmith, Writer, Collaborative Writer, Ghostwriter, Editor and Writing and Rebound Exercise Coach has created and sculpted authoritative volumes in forensic law financial services, psychology, and health and wellness. A gradu- graduate of Binghamton University and the University of Virginia School of Law, he founded the enlightenment.com website. He has recently co-authored Your Symphony of Cells on Healthy Multiplicity with James Fadiman, as well as The Bounce on Rebound Exercise with Joy Daniels. He lives in Menlo Park, California with his wife and family. Jordan joins us to talk about The Bouts, the complete superbound guide, guidebook to 21st century rebound exercises. Welcome, Jordan.
1: Hi, Paul. I'm hoping you can hear me.
0: I can hear you. You don't sound like Great. you're quite on the microphone, but it's pretty good. We can well, hear I'm,
1: on the, I'm on the headphones, and uh, this is what's going to have to happen right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Technology... Uh- is uh, you you have you have many degrees and many skills but technology is always something it's always an adventure
1: well it's like that uh, thing about your zone of genius you start with the zone of incompetence then competence and excellence and genius I'm some I'm in in a competent zone but not enough to have figured out this mic today
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's always an adventure Um, I have to I have to start with this is not why we're here but I have to ask From forensic law to being the founder of enlightenment.com, how did you now get into becoming a rebounding maven?
1: Well, I tried rebounding when I was 24 in 1984 for three weeks, and I was on a terrible old-style spring rebounder, and it was no fun, and I gave up. Then in 2002, a friend brought me a high-level spring-based rebounder. And as soon as I started bouncing on it, I said to myself, I'm going to do this every day for the rest of my life. And, you know, I've pretty much done it 97 or 8% of the days since then. So I just liked it. I, you know, do what I always do. I read everything I could find. I studied everything. I got involved. I immediately wanted to write a book, but a friend of mine said, you don't know enough yet. So I waited a couple of years and the book I wrote wasn't very good. And I've been bouncing ever since. And in 2012, I uh, met my partner in this book, my co-author, Joy Daniels, in in The Bounce. And um, I kind of explored with her some of my techniques and methods, and she really took to it. And uh, finally, last year, we put out a book that we felt really good about. So it's just, you know, one of the different things that I do.
0: And as I've said I think I said to in the intro that rebounding is something I've wanted to talk about for a long time because I'm such a fan. It's been around. I think I may actually have a copy of the New Miracles of Rebound exercise. That's how long I've been reviewing the material. And when I had the herb store in the 80s uh, on the Monterey Peninsula, it was sort of a community. And a lot of people would come in and show you things. And rebounders is one of those things that have been around for almost forever, it seems like, in the health field.
1: Okay, so uh, what happened was Albert Earl Carter bought the rights to start producing these things in the late 1970s, and by the early 80s, there was a fad, and uh, the problem was that the equipment was, generally speaking, really not very good, and because (laughs) it was a fad, a, a lot of units came in from overseas that were even worse people went yeah this in theory is a great thing but no one's really going to do this on these pieces of gear so the really wonderful news is that we're in something like the fourth or fifth generation of rebounders these you know specialized mini trampolines and uh, the really great thing is about a year ago two years ago there was a company called leaps and rebounds that did a knockoff essentially of the very high-end german-based bungee based rebounder so the real the real thing that happened was about 10 years ago i'd have to check my dates maybe it's longer bellicon which is a Swiss german company reinvented the rebounder with bungee cords and although there are some people that are still fans of the uh, spring-based rebounders generally speaking uh almost everybody who gets on a bungee based rebounder goes oh it's softer it's easier it doesn't hurt my back as much and um you know there are still spring-based rebounders out there, but um, now that you can buy the almost as good as a Belicon for only a couple of hundred bucks, it's it's really wide open to, to everybody now.
0: I was going to talk about this later, but that brings me right to. I watched your demo online where you talked about the Belicon versus a different kind of rebounder, and I, my rebounder is an old, heavy-duty, really heavily built, uh, folding rebounder. That allowed you to also put a handle on it and I bounce on it irregularly but now after we talk to you I'll get back into it again and it's an old spring type and it's not noisy but compared to the demo that you do where you're bouncing up and down silently on the Swiss one it really makes me think oh do I have to upgrade my rebounder really because that is the noise. I mean, it's not a horrible sound, and I live alone, and it doesn't bother anybody, but just compared to the one where you're, you're bouncing silently is a miracle.
1: Well, it's, it's not just the noise, though. It's the character. I mean, think about it this way. When a lot of pressure builds up inside a metal spring, it sort of goes exponential on in how intense it is when it snaps back. With these bungee bands, they just kind of stretch out on an even keel. You can see this when a spring breaks. Uh, you know, it's a sharp sound, and it can be like shrapnel, but when a bungee breaks, it just kind of gently opens up, so, you know, the experience is not only the sound, which is definitely, but the fact that it's a lot, uh, it feels easier on the lower back uh, for women who have had children, it's just a gentler, easier bounce on a bungee-based unit, and while you can, you know, spend or 500 for a jump sport or eight or 900 for a belicon. you can also get elites and rebounds for about $200 and get essentially get the modern fifth generation of uh, rebounding experience and you know it, the truth is that the gear matters a lot you might think every rebounder is kind of the same but it's just it's just not true and that's why I told you when I started I did this really you know crappy little $40 rebounder from Z I remember the price and buying it and it was terrible And so, you know, what I have now with the the Bellicons, it's just, it's it's worlds and worlds better, but I've also been recommending uh, friends, the leaps and rebounds, and they like it. The only reason some people still like springs is um, it's easier for some people to run on them. And for people who have severe uh, pronation problems, their feet kind of turn inward, a bungee-based rebounder can be a little bit of a problem. But the other thing is the bungee rebounders also give you a better workout in the sense that you bounce less times per minute because uh, you're going deeper and it's in that going deeper where the real action happens when you get thrown back up and then come down. So, you know, there are some people who love uh, the spring based rebounders and even one of the manufacturers of them has this whole theory about why bungee based rebounders are bad for you, but it's, it's really nonsense the, the, the you know, this is the way of the future and we'll not be going back to spring for these
0: in the long run. Wonderful. I'll be talking about <laughs> a referral code for leaps and rebounds after the show because I, know, I think it's time to update.
1: Well, although when we, we did the book we decided we weren't going to uh take referral codes and because we didn't okay. wanna be But you now now because I we are constantly recommending this one, so maybe we should talk to them again and get you a referral
0: code. <laughs> exactly. I'll talk to my well,
1: partner. about that. Yeah, thanks.
0: Thank you. Um I wanna go back and ask about Carter. Did he discover rebounding or what was his aha of why did he become so uh, in a, such a good way possessed by rebounding? What Well, yeah. Entry?
1: Yeah, I know I, yeah, Al's story. I've spoken to him once on the phone. Um, he's an interesting guy. His story is pretty widely known. The rebound the, the trampoline itself was invented in the 30s by the guy named George Neeson and nothing happened with it for a while. Carter. Uh, was on trampolines, going around the country with his family, uh, doing a show called Gymnastics Fantastic, where he they performed over a few years in many venues. So he had been an athlete and a gymnast and a major college athlete. And then he and his family, his two kids and his wife, I believe, were all going around the country doing this sh- this thing on on trampolines, big ones, you know, with. You know, you go away at the air, you do somersaults, and you know, all the things you can do on a a big trampoline that you can't and shouldn't do on a rebounder. And uh he had this uh he he realized that for one thing his his kids and especially his daughter had become very strong from this. She was able to beat all the boys in her grade in arm wrestling. And whenever they bounced they seemed, you know, they, they were getting great grades and they seemed happy. And uh Al kind of went into a uh you know, creative feud where he kind of put together this book and he tied together in ways that I think aren't exactly scientifically correct, but he tied together uh, gravity and force and what rebounding does for you. And then he went even farther to talk about the lymph system. And he even went farther and talked about preventing cancer, which we would never say that it prevents cancer other than to the extent that, you know, anything that gets you to, do to exercise and gives you all the benefits this does is going to be good for you overall. But Carter, uh, you know, basically, crafted rebounding from his own heart and brain uh single-handedly and brought it to the world uh you know by the late uh, 70s it was it was his idea to have the mini rebounder as it was first called and uh so we owe him a great debt
0: that's amazing i didn't know it was like a person who i there as i say there were so many of them i i, I have in my mind when you mentioned the cheap rebounders many people uh, I grew up on the Monterey Peninsula, and I can just see people's dead rebounders out in the yard covered by ivy, you know, that kind of thing, where they just like, is a broken, broken leg, or it rusted, or, you know, something bad happened.
1: Okay. Well, that's, that's the thing. I know only a very few people who have ever been able to actually craft a consistent rebounding practice with the big outdoor trampoline. I have a couple of friends who live in you know, Costa Rica and things, and that's what they've got, and they're doing it, but... Uh, having a rebounder usually indoors or on your deck, and where you can, you know, uh, use it all the time, makes a big difference. So I, I, I hardly know anybody who has one of these outdoor units that that uses it every day and makes a practice out of it.
0: Well, I'm as I say, I'm such an enthusiast. It amazes me that I don't, because I look at it and I know about the benefits that we'll talk about in a bit. That, you know, I, I'm, I've am i always been enthusiastic about the Rebounder ever since the Yard Store. I just think it's a it's one of those sleeper devices uh, for a number of years. For about five years, I traveled with a partner and we did whole life expos. Mm-hmm. And there would be somebody every year, there would be like a new thing, a new way of bouncing, whether it was the spring chair, which I always thought was a scary device where you had a big metal structure and you sat in a chair that had springs and you kind of bounced up and down in that. Yeah, that, I that's thought, cool,
1: yeah. Yeah, that's a bounce-back chair, and that's particularly good for people who are differently abled. If you don't have right. full use of legs or something, you get one of those, and you're still getting a lot of the benefits. And I think you're exactly right. I think it is a sleeper. My feeling and you know, one of my missions in this world is to help bring rebounding to the level that it's as big as yoga or running or martial arts because it doesn't compete with anything like that. If you have a rebounder, you can bounce 10, 15, 20 minutes a day on top of whatever else you do, but you can also make it your main form of exercise and be very healthy and strong using it. So, and, and, you know, we haven't talked at all about the benefits, but it provides so many benefits in a way that is so easy. And, uh, you know, for people who can't run anymore, it takes 80, 85% of the shock off the knees so they can be on a rebounder and do running in place and, I've been exploring using body blades as well as light weights now for quite a while. And I have a lot of data that the use, well, not a lot of data. I have a few stories of many stories of people who bounce, especially with lightweight to surprisingly find themselves adding a lot of upper body muscle as well. So there's just, you know, I mean, we haven't talked about the benefits, but there's aerobic cardiovascular benefits, there's lymph system benefits, there's balance benefits, there's, you know strength benefits and then there's the whole other dimension of a great way to let go of stress and to get yourself literally into a flow state to uh you know go as hard as you want or as soft as you want while you know you're watching tv or you know i'll have headphones on and sometimes i'll be interviewing clients while i'm gently bouncing because i think better <laughs> when i move so
0: there's just oh, a million my- really different
1: ways to use it and a lot of benefits and i don't understand why everybody isn't bouncing every day like i am
0: you made me realize that I could be standing here on the rebounder, just gently bouncing. It doesn't have to be making a sound. It doesn't have to be, I don't have to be airborne jumping up and trying to yell under the microphone. I could just be gently bouncing up and down while I was talking instead of being on a treadmill. I'm not on a treadmill, but I know people well, who do microphone work who are on a treadmill while they're talking. And I just, that's right. a great idea.
1: Well, I'm on the rebounder right now, uh, moving up and down gently. Can you tell? No. Of course not. And I mean, you know, yeah. you, I could, I, I could work out really hard and you could tell. Um, yeah. but, the, and the other thing that, that kind of dovetails into this is that to have air time, you don't actually even have to have your heels or your feet, leave the mat to get most of the benefits. It all happens when your the entirety of your body, your center of mass goes down and comes up. So there are people who couldn't and shouldn't, you know, have any air time, but if they're bouncing gently, all of those general things are happening. They're moving their limbs. They're getting some balance work. They're getting some cardiovascular work. And, it, and and you know, while there are many classes online and many teachers, the truth is you can do it any way you want. As long as you're moving, you're going to get a lot of benefits. So that's why for, you know, most of the last 19 years, I will put on an old rock and roll album and just bounce through for 45 minutes. And there's ones that I listen to over and over and over again, especially it's a Bowie and it's just fine for me. <laughs> My body likes knowing where I'm going next and when the fast part's gonna come. And it's uh, you know, it's it's just such a it's it's almost too good to be true, we say that in the book, except it's not. And now that the equipment is so much better and so much less expensive, you know, again, this is a great time to get into the bounce.
0: Okay, so I'd like I'd like to back up ever so slightly. I want to start at the really like beginning point of I'd like to start with approaching the rebounder, meaning so you see a little trampoline, and right. you know the, you, if you have a kid, or oftentimes a pet, they will end up on it happily. And right. I think that's fascinating into itself. And so when as an adult, I approach the rebounder, do I want to be A? Do I want to be wearing socks or not? Do I, am, do I need to have my feet leave the rebounder? And what are the differences between my feet leaving and not leaving the rebounder when I do start using it?
1: Well, the you know, the, the socks thing is uh, kind of a, a question of preference, but the real question is uh, do you need to wear any kind of shoes or should you? And uh, Joy and I are pretty adamant, and we have some nice backup from friends who are uh, embodiment teachers that no shoes is better because your feet get to unfold and unwind. And there's a lot more appropriate type of feedback that's coming back to you. Because if you're bouncing, you know, well, you're doing all sorts of subtle micro adjustments and balance things and, you know, shoes is a whole another level. Now, some people need shoes because they have problems with their ankles or knees. And if you're in a gym setting, they might demand you need shoes. But, uh, you know, 99.9% of the time I'm bouncing on um, barefoot. I just like that uh, a lot better. Uh, And as for airtime, you know, again, you don't really need any airtime. You don't need to go very intensely. And, in fact, one of our great uh, uh, banes is that no matter how many times I tell someone who's brand new that they should really go two or three minutes the first time they get on and have no airtime and then see how they feel, get off slowly and safely, don't leap off then maybe a couple of hours later do another two or three minutes <laughs> uh-huh. and you know build yourself up to 15 minutes over a week but if you go on you know and this isn't true for some people but especially people who are much younger in their 20s but i can't tell you the number of very athletic people i know who get on take it easy and fun and bounce for 20 minutes or half an hour and then the next day i've incredibly sore uh, calves or just feel really bad in their lower back and it's like it's a very powerful platform. I, I like to think that, that a rebounder is a leveraged platform that will let you do three different things. It's a diagnostic platform, it's a rehabilitative platform, and it's a performance platform. Well the diagnostic part comes in as soon as you start bouncing, where because it's so radically different in everything you do, and because it involves this kind of 3D gravity force, you going to find the weaknesses in your your body. And so you know, go really, really slower than you want to or you think you have to for at least the first week. And um, that's just the best way to go. And as you get into it more, you can start, uh, you know, having more air time and going higher and doing more interesting and complicated things. But anybody who gets on right away, you, you know, really the way to do it is to get on and just kind of relax and start breathing and let your body find its own personal initial bounce just you know allow it to happen and then later on you can do more interesting things um you know generally speaking a rebounder isn't suitable for stunts not seat drops certainly not flips but people still sometimes especially if they're younger will, you know want to see how high they can bounce and they'll do what i call the kangaroo bounce which involves jumping up and then bringing your knees way up and then going down and the problem is you can only do that two or three times before you bounce right off and you can hurt yourself and you don't you don't want to do that Um, you want to go really slow and you want to recognize that you can build yourself up and that as long as you're moving up and down you're getting a lot of the benefits
0: well in your and one of the primary things when I think about the rebounder one of the number one things in the early days it was really talking about lymphatic stimulation because the lymphatic system I'm I'm te- I'm not telling you this I'm just saying it out loud is a passive a system meaning it does nothing it doesn't it doesn't have muscles in it it needs us to move to have the flaps open so that the the lymph can move out of the system lymph drainage and you, so you just, don't need to have, uh, you don't need to catch air to have that lymphatic benefit from a rebounder do you
1: No, you're exactly right we like to say that unlike the, the circulatory system the blood system there is no heart there is no pump your lymph moves when your limbs move. And this is why it's important to, you know, when people are having bed rest. You have to rotate them and get them up and out. So the more your limbs are moving, the the more your, your lymphatic system, uh, you know, your lymph uh, supports your immune system to work well. And uh, in the book, we, you know, th- there's a theory, and I don't really know if it's proven, that there's something in particular about uh, bouncing up and down and sort of these one-way valves that constitute the lymph system and that the action of a rebounder is particularly good at moving lymph through the body but whether it's particularly good at it or just really good at it and really easy at it it makes a big difference and i can say personally that uh, before i started bouncing i was someone who got sick a little more than most people and since i started started bouncing i get sick uh much less than most people
0: that's interesting i hadn't thought about that correlation that makes sense i think possibly it's because when we were more uh somewhere between when we were living in caves and we started moving into castles uh we were more physically active we were out walking around all day cuz we were all day. either hunting you know all day we were in motion and now we're sitting at desks all day long uh so right. yeah it makes total sense <laughs>
1: You know, it's, uh, people, my my understanding is that, uh, people who stand at their desk and have standing desks, it's not really affecting very much. It's not about whether you're standing or sitting, it's about whether you're moving. And the fun thing about bouncing is you can be moving for, you know, literally hours in a soft, gentle way without even having to think very much about it once you've, you know, been on for a few weeks. And you'll be, you know, burning calories and moving your limbs and working with your heart and aerobic system you know and the whole time
0: it really is because sometimes I am a person who has a standing uh, workstation because I prefer standing uh, I got into the habit of that when I was a chef on and off for 20 years and so mm-hmm. I'm a standing person and so there are times not so much when I'm talking on mic because it's hard to bounce on my toes, but sometimes I'll just bounce up and down on my toes when I'm standing at the station, at the station, just to have some motion besides just standing. I know that my body feels better when I'm standing rather than sitting in a chair. But again, the idea of having a rebounder on the desk so I could be standing here just gently bouncing up and down while doing this is like a brilliant idea.
1: Well, you know, I talked to my mother when I got on the rebounder. It's a great way multi-purpose because um you know i have a whole other thing about different parts of who you are themselves but if we just use uh herbert uh, uh kahneman uh wrote a book uh, talking about system one and system two the uh nobel prize winning economist he basically says in system one you don't really have to think you just you know you drive you you know you make cereal you're not like focusing on anything system two involves active thinking and cognition well, rebounding is one of those things that once you get it down, most of the time it's system one. You don't have to put any effort into it at all. So I really can be interviewing my clients while I'm getting recorded and later I'll transcribe it or talking to my mother. I've been watching Shits Creek or I'll, you know, I'll put on, uh, you know, intense music and, and maybe some, uh, you know, generated videos to go with it. It's, it's, uh, it's really easy and simple. And my, my, uh, sort of, you know, new thought is that as people spend more time on clubhouse, this would be a great way for them to be getting, uh, you know, wonderful exercise at whatever level they want. Um, you know, and most of the time they could just be bouncing if they need to go hit their own mute button, they could do that. But, you know, most of the time when you're in a room, you're listening, you're not talking. And people, you know, could be a lot more active and in a lot better health with, you know, what amounts to really very little effort. The effort is in getting a rebounder, getting a couple of one and two and three pound light hand weights. And then, you know, just being safe and paying a little bit of attention to, uh, you know, making sure that you're, you're safe. So I, I, I think, you know, everybody should be bouncing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think it would be awesome to have a room of rebounders at some place like I'll pick on them just because they come obviously to mind. You know, it could be Google. It could be Facebook. I, I know somebody in the tech world who teaches yoga to people who sit at computers all day long. She goes into corporate America and teaches something called chair yoga where you can sit and she's taking you to the postures and doing the work from your chair so you can learn to just add a motion of yoga but the idea of having a rebounder where you could have a room full of people gently rebounding while on the conference call while they're working something out because doesn't this the action of this also seems to me that it would be good for metal acuity because it is making your body a little more you're you're in a sort of as z you're in an interesting mix of a zen state while being fully present because you're bouncing up and down and you kinda of have to be fully present or you fall over.
1: Yeah, you're right? present enough. Yeah, you're yeah. you're getting it right. You have to be present enough to, to not fall over. Um, you know, it's it's uh, one of the problems here is that uh big trampolines, full size trampolines have a wicked reputation when it comes to liability. You know, mm-hmm. one of the Generators of, of uh, visits to the emergency room is people on trampolines, so that's why we always like to make the distinction that you know, yeah, you yes, you have to be safe. You have to get on when the phone rings, and you get off of it. You can't leap off of it because the ground isn't going to be that way. But generally speaking, a rebounder because you 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 can't really do stunts. It's it's worlds and worlds safer than a large trampoline. But that uh, you know that kind of umbrella of possible liabilities is out in a lot of people's heads. But you're exactly right. You know, when you get on a rebounder, um, well, first of all, I think you shift into a sort of an active, alive, awake self. Um, For one thing, all of the fluids in your body are literally flowing at a greater rate. And it's very easy, really, to enter into flow states while you're bouncing, especially when you're listening to music you just kind of let go and go with it. And that thing happens where all of a sudden you are being bounced and you're not trying to bounce. Uh, And we also talk a lot about in in the book, the bounce, um, how it is a great way to relieve stress and to just work things out and to just let things go. You know, similar to having, let's say a kicking bag, but a rebounder, you can go hard for five or 10 minutes and then just, you know, be done and get off and you will feel a lot better Because you have let that energy out of your body, you have dispersed it. You put it into something productive and useful, and then you can sort of move on. So, uh, you know, and and some people like uh, me, I'm what's called a moving-centered person in one system, and that means that I think better when I'm moving. Uh, It's it's hard for me to stand still and think well, which is kind of odd since I've written, you know, 20 full books or so. (laughs) We're all ahead. Which is also why I've been working with people and talking to people for a long time about, could we get some kind of wireless QWERTY typing gloves that I could use while I'm bouncing? And so far, the answer is no. But I would love to be able to type while I was bouncing, but uh, you know, instead I'll dictate sometimes and, and you know, I'll stand up with my iPhone. Of course, like anything else, you really don't want to be focused on your iPhone while you're on the rebounder, but sometimes you will be.
0: <laughs> wow. Phone and rebounder that seems tricky um, I was gonna yeah, say there like... is the the uh, voice recognition and transcribing there is some really amazing software there you know have been working on where I've watched people I know columnists more columnists not so much book writers such as yourself but columnists who write their column their first draft verbally they'll you know talk into their phone or into their computer and watch it be transcribed and they'll work it from there so we're getting closer um
1: well uh, no I, i'm actually i'm good at that i'm good at working with my phone and transcribing but for me because i've been typing you know since second or third grade and even as a kid i was playing with you know typewriters there's this great story where uh we had this old royal typewriter i'm like four years old and i would put a piece of paper and hit keys and run up there to so my mother say did i make a word and meanwhile my grandmother would be yelling in the background, Lola, don't let him play with it. It's not a toy, he'll break it. So I've been (laughs) typing uh, and writing since the third grade when I learned how to type from a record from the library. And for me personally, there is a left brain, right brain, 10 digits of the fingers way of thinking. Uh, Often I don't know what I think until I write it out. So that's why I would like a QWERTY wireless typing glove, keyboard kind of situation. But that's just me.
0: Oh, that's right. I wasn't going to go here, but because you just said that, it made me realize that I'm a person who can't think about something until I say it out loud. I I was dyslexic as a kid, and so I'm a person who forms – I can think about things, but like when I'm reading your book or I'm reading an intro or something, I have to hear it out loud, my not from my own voice necessarily, but oftentimes I have to read something and hear it to get it. Reading is harder for me than hearing it. And so where mm-hmm. I, I work at that way. I work it from that angle so the yeah, idea I think of... go ahead,
1: no, go ahead. Okay.
0: okay that's all right um, I want to I want to bounce because I can't help it um, about some of the bouncing benefits we've talked about lymphs, we've talked about muscle tone I'm wondering if it helps get rid of lactic acid there's got to be cardiovascular tone there's got to be mitochondrial benefit There seems like there's going to be a neurological benefit and what about yeah. vision and even vision i would think it would help in a certain way because it's helping the eyes you know be slightly exercised by the pulse of the um cerebral vinyl sp- spinal fluid go ahead
1: well you, you've laid out a, a a a better research program than we have so i mean our, the first thing we usually say to people is that if exercise will be beneficial, then rebounding will be beneficial because it's an easy low-stress, low-impact way of getting as much exercise um, as you want. Um, just to go back to the, uh, you know, to, to sort of go through those, uh, the, the building strength and muscle, my, my partner, Joy Daniels, started bouncing at age 59, and in two and a half years, using just light weight, added 25 pounds of lean muscle, which should not be wow. possible. But yeah. she did, and you see it in the pictures, it, it's really clear. And some of the other people I know, especially the women, who are rebounding instructors, um, some of them are are, are really buff. Uh, it just seems to work. And in Chapter 8 of the book, we, uh, I speculate about what's going on and the idea of micro-failures and the idea of this gravitational force flux, but, you know, there's not a lot of data. So, uh, you know, as far as the mitochondrial bit, you know, I, I we didn't write about that, and I don't know that much about that, but I would certainly like to know more about that. And, again, I think it's the case that it's, if, you know, exercise in general helps something, then, then this will help that. But it might be particularly uh, well suited to that. And, you know, as far as the cardiovascular uh, part, um, I mean, I think that's just clear because you can, you know, you can run or bounce for as long as you want and as hard as you want and, you know, be, have a totally exhausting uh, workout. I mean, usually what I'll do is I'll, I'll go really fast for a while and then I'll slow down I and mean, I'll, I'll bounce uh, at full speed to David Bowie's Suffragette City and keep his fat feet. And then I'll, you know, finish that out and then I'll just kind of, you know, go up and down gently or I'll, I'll get the hand waves out. But um, I, I think it works for, you know, sort of all of these things in in a way that is, it's kind of, you know, both universal and particularly, uh, you know, comes from the rebounder in its, in its own style. Uh, as for vision, you know, I hadn't even thought of that. Um, uh I, I happen to have floaters i've had floaters since i was in my early 20s and i was afraid that it maybe this would make it worse but my my eye doctor said no and I, it hasn't gotten any worse so maybe it's actually helped uh, stabilize the floaters so uh you know I, I did a bunch of stuff with vision trying to heal my eyes naturally with a uh, little glasses with the dots and the exercises mm. where you, you know, imagine a, an infinitely extendable pencil at the end of your nose and you outline a lot of things on the walls. And there have been people who have claimed you can fully inhale vision and that our view is that is wrong and it's all about uh, how much stress you have and you can learn to see. And at a certain point, I came to the conclusion that even if it was possible to do that, it's a lot easier just to put my glasses on. So, um, I think think there's interesting possibilities here, but I don't think anybody has any real information or data. Although, you know, the mitochondrial piece is really interesting. I'd, I'd really like to follow up on that.
0: Well, part of the vision thought to me is that, again, back to people sitting in rooms staring into computers. A, sitting. B, staring into computers at a fixed distance for a long period of time. The idea of being on a rebounder where you're possibly looking across the room, you're watching something on TV, you're just gazing around, you're spitting out, you're whatever while you're rebounding or listening to music. That it's going to just make the ocular muscles just exercise a tiny amount and get out of that fatigue state of staring at that fixed distance for a long, 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 ridiculous amount of time that's one of the reasons i like to stand because i kind of rock, i bounce up and down because i'm staying at the computer for 8 or 9 hours a day a lot of times. Um, yeah. so so the idea of having something that's just exercising that subtly, once again it goes back to the same where where we started early on. The rebounder is such a sleeper. It just seems too simple to have as many benefits as I feel that it does, and as you talk about in The Bounce.
1: Yeah, and Al Carter actually writes about this as well, and that's in, it's in part because of the notion that you have to work really hard to get any benefits. So you can work really hard in a rebounder. My latest protocols of using these two body blades at once are very intense, and you know some of the other work I've done with weights and some of the fast sprinting, I and mean, there'll be times when I'll go, you know, as fast as I can go. Like I'm having my own Olympic level workout, but there's a lot of times when I just, you know, don't do anything. And, you know, the eyes clearly are being uh, rested and they're giving a different thing. The, o- the only one thing is, is, uh, you know, you can have your eyes, you know, mostly closed and just have a vague peripheral awareness of the rebounder. But I don't recommend closing your eyes all the way because then you're much more likely to fall off. If you're getting a right. little tiny bit of visual input, then it's easy peasy. You could basically have your eyelids partly closed and just be scanning the room, and certainly that's going to be very relaxing and resting for your eyes compared to, you know, what you're doing here. So, you know, I mean, some people use the rebounder, sort of how you're suggesting. They'll go for five minutes, an hour, they'll get on the rebounder and and bounce out. Uh, You know, my writing partner in the other book, Jim Satteman, has one, and he'll get on just a couple of minutes a day a few times when he sees it. And, uh, you know, the other opposite of that is that there are times I'll get on in the morning, first thing, when I'm not really awake, and I'll go on and I'll do this thing with the body blades intensely for five minutes, it's easy to get into, and boom, I'm wide awake five minutes later. I've completely moved into that kind of practice self that is fully embodied and fully awake and fully ready for the day. and completely wake you up. But I, I think people, you know, just tend to think it's, like you said, it's too, like, trivial or it's, a kid's toy or, you know, all these different things. But in a year at home during the pandemic, um, you know, I can tell you it's been absolutely great to have it here. And, and you shouldn't under, no one should underestimate how much upper body work you can get with just pairs of one, two, and three pound dumbbells. I do things like arm circles and, you know, it, it just, uh, it, you know, for me it sort of becomes obvious what to do as I bounce. I don't think my, my workout's out ahead of time which is probably why, you know, I'm not offering, you know, classes online. There, At this point, there's many rebounding instructors. Bellicon has something. There's a group in Santa Barbara called, oh, I'm forgetting what they're called, but it's this uh, amazing number of beautiful women all bouncing and teaching. Um, I'll, I'll try to remember the name of the Santa Barbara people, but there are people offering classes online now in lots of places because I get that a lot of people want to have someone tell them what to do and how long to go this way and do some stretching first, but for a lot of other people, you know, all you need is music for joy and I all, all we need is music and, you know, time either outdoors on the deck in the sun or, you know, here in my basement and it's, it's easy to go for as long as I want, you know, and, and we like to say that when you're in the middle of a good bounce, it's actually harder to stop than to keep moving. And I conceptualize that as all of the fluids in your body. I think there's six fluids in the body. Uh, your super spinal fluid and your blood and your lymph and, you know, your body, all that stuff is literally flowing and moving. If you just stop, it kind of doesn't know what to do. So you're a lot better off, uh, you know, kind of, you know, warming down and, and bouncing slow out to finish it. Uh, I guess it's pretty obvious.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um... I want to ask about the body blades. You have a short demo on YouTube with you with the body blades. Are they, they look tricky. <laughs> no, no, no. It's,
1: it's not, it's not tricky. It's just hard. So, I mean, okay. I, so here's, um, yeah, I mean most people only have one body blade and I haven't really seen anybody else exploring using two body blades at once on a rebound.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: So And the thing about rebounding, we talk a lot about uh, how it has, uh, you know, three-dimensional, four-dimensional benefits, unlike something like a treadmill or a rower, you can, you know, do, you can move in every dimension and you can fill in the whole sphere of energy surrounding you, which I like to call the Vitruvian sphere, after uh, Da Vinci. So uh, when you get on a rebounder with two body blades and you just start moving them, what I have found is that it teaches you and shows you where you want to go so uh, i remember after i'd been on a month and i showed a video of it to to my men's group one of uh whom is a guy named uh tom mccook who is a a world renowned teacher of embodiment and tom said he's making that look easy guys it's not that easy so it takes a lot of energy to actually do it and the the fun thing about the body blades is uh there's three different uh levels of them and i actually i haven't spoken to bruce hymanson yet but i have this idea about trying to OEM them and put in a motion uh, detector in the end, and I've been talking to a couple of vendor friends about that, so you can literally see how much total work and output somebody has done. But when you're on a, a body blade, they move 4.5 times a second. So if you go for uh, 30 seconds and you're about halfway, they, they give you, the middle ones give you between 1 and 22 pounds of variable resistance. So if you're moving it absolutely As as hard as it can be moved, it's the equivalent of moving something of 22 pounds. And this happens 4.5 times a second because a body blade only moves 4.5 times a second if it's being driven coherently. So if you do the math and you do something like, let's say I'm at 10 of the 22 pounds on average for 30 seconds, uh, you know, times 4.5 times 2, you get to a number like in 30 seconds I've moved over 2,000 pounds of weight. And, and sometimes I'll go for 10 minutes and it gets really hard and there's questions about, you know, you have to hold it in different ways to, uh, relax your fingers, wrists and hands, which get tired first. And so I've been experimenting with how to do that. But if you go for 10 minutes and go hard, it's, it's like you've moved 50,000 pounds. Now, maybe that's a, a a fatuous equivalent, you know, and people will say, yeah, it's not the same, but you know, it will get your heart rate way up there, and it will give you a really big uh, workout. And I'm pretty sure it's, you know, even at the age of 60, it's changing my shape and broadening me and, you know, basically giving me stuff like upper chest muscles uh, that I haven't had before. Because, you know, when you're bouncing with the body blades, you can really see where things are going. And so what, what's interesting is that the body blades are touted as giving you a, uh, you know, a a, a 3D workout that affects every part of your body. Because as you brace, you know, against them, everything gets involved. They've got some cool videos showing that. Well, the rebounder also gives you a 3D whole body workout. So if you put the two of them together and can find a way to do it coherently, and and basically it's hard, for example, to have the body weight going vertically while you're bouncing up and down. It's just too many overlapping factors. But if you go out to the side you can start getting a little bounce and, you know, it feels like you're working everything and in a very intense way. And so, you know, that's my vision of, you know, people on clubhouse throughout the world would be, you know, on their little rebounds with their two body blades and getting feedback about the fact that, you know, in the three hours they were on today, they'd lifted a hundred thousand pounds of weight to the equivalent or whatever it would be. So uh, that's my vision.
0: I look forward to the vision I'll I'll enhance that vision slightly by I know there's a trend with the uh the expensive bicycles that I can't remember the name of where you're you have a mirror on the wall and you're actually joining a live trainer who's taking you through your workout and my vision Peloton. is inst- thank you instead of being on a Peloton which I used to be a touring cyclist so I I like cycling but the fulfillment out of being in somebody who's let's just say in my last, latter 60s uh the idea of being on the rebounder with a group doing the same kind of thing you know with an instructor on the on a rebounder with you working at the same time i like that vision i like that idea very much along with some bluetooth feedback from the tips of your uh body blades and right. wow we've got an amazing industry in a positive sense without yeah, people hurting themselves about,
1: yeah i thought about the peloton thing too i don't you know you know, I, I, I'm pretty good at thinking and writing. I'm not that good at business or creating new things. And, you know, there was a mastermind group early in Clubhouse where they invited me in with this ex-NFL uh, pro athlete. And my thought was to go back to those guys. And, you know, I, I just think there could be millions of people doing this and just getting a lot. It, it, it's, it's, it's all just so easy. And as soon as you get on and feel it, if you, you know, the thing about the body blades is they're expensive. You know, two body blades will cost you more than the uh, leaps and rebounds uh, uh, rebounder, and wow. partly they're because they're so well made. I hit things with them, and they don't break, and they don't break things. These particular units are great, but there are also kind of knockoff body blades that a third the price, and it might be that one of those would work just as well. I you know I haven't really explored that, but you know, but just light weights, and I like the uh, I like dumbbells that are shaped like the letter D. Uh, you know one, two, three, four pounds mm-hmm. because you can you can put your hands through them all the way and not have to grip with your hands and fingers and do things. And you know what you find out in rebounding is that very slight shifts of let's say how your you know how far your arm is turned uh, you know forward or backwards or how high your shoulders are or whether you're really uh, you know in your legs and whether your posture good the slightest shift on rebounding will give you a very different experience. And that's why we have this concept of this Petruzian sphere where you, you know, first the the lightest of weights and then more heavy weights, you try to experience all the possible ways you can, you know, hold these weights and move them to, uh, you know, space over time while you're bouncing. But, you know, holding something out all the way versus having a bent arm versus overhead versus bringing your shoulders down a little bit versus, you know, making sure your pelvis is at the right level of, Uh, you know, antiversion or not. I mean, all these things make subtle differences that you can very much feel on a rebounder. And in this sense, in some ways, like the polar opposite of something like uh, a rower where you're doing one thing and there actually is pretty much one right way. And, you know, I've learned that way at the gym and I loved it, but you're just doing that one thing on a rebounder. You get to move in every dimension. You can cultivate as much, 3D, 4D experience as you like, and I think that's another way that it's superior to a lot of forms of exercise because uh, eventually you can learn to use your body in ways you've never used it. That were always there, but you've never had the option. And rebounding will kind of draw that out of you.
0: Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. And I want to I want to jump to this part of the book in the in the bounce. You speak to the superbound approach as it directly addresses the inner realities of bouncing would you talk about that because i think that's a really interesting an additional like wow from rebounding how cool please talk
1: well about that. you know on the external physical level i think it is a super fun easy effective exercise that is wild wildly appropriate for many people but on the interior level, uh you know any kind of spiritual practice that you have maybe not any but many types of spiritual practices can very easily be brought, brought to rebounding. So if you're you know if you're doing um, breath work, you can work with that while you're rebounding. If you're doing visualization, you can be doing that. If you're into your mantra and or chanting, you can do that. If singing for you is a practice, you can be singing while you're bouncing. So so our point is that the natural kind of flow state that you're open to while you're bouncing automatically because your whole body is in flow makes it an ideal vehicle for also doing inner work at the same time and we go ahead and we you know in the book we list uh, in chapter six spiritual inner work and practices you know we we uh list a whole bunch rebounding naturally invites and brings about inner work and you know breath work chakra visualization chanting or singing juggling i actually don't know anybody who can juggle on a, a more than two things on a rebounder uh wow. you know kabbalah visualization Kundalini yoga has lots of possibilities. You can work with mandalas and just have something out there that you can be uh, looking at. You can, to some degree, practice martial arts movements. You can definitely do a kind of mindfulness meditation. I I, I have a, a friend named Michael who's a, a leading teacher of um, Michael Taft of of mindfulness, and I was talking to him about this, and he said, "Well, just be aware." Uh, you know, of when your feet are touching the rebounder or not. Because he always likes to base his mindfulness meditation in a physical sensation. So just knowing, assuming you're getting a little bit of air time, uh, you know, just a half an inch or an inch off the rebounder even, you know, just feeling when you are in contact and not in contact for 10 minutes, just doing that will give you, uh, you know, the, the, a mindfulness meditation <clears throat> effect. And you can work with, you know, mudras, your finger positions and, um, you know, prayer and, you know, I wouldn't necessarily do a whirling Sufi dervish-type stuff on it, but you can. <laughs> so, so, you know, my invitation to people is whatever their whatever their practice is, you know, after they've been bouncing for a while and it's totally safe and they know what they're doing, you know, invite yourself to try what you're doing while you're on the rebounder. And some things are going to be easier, like, let's say, chanting, uh, and some things are going to be more difficult, like breathwork. But, you know, I mean, it, for me, the breathwork I've been doing for a while now is – because of the whole polyvagal thing is I've been doing a pattern of one, one, two, one, which is usually three, three, six, three. So that means I'll take an in-breath for three. I'll hold it in for three. I'll exhale for six because the long exhale, where a lot of the action happens and then I'll hold out for three. So I can do that on the rebounder for, you know, as long as I want pretty much. And I feel that I'm toning my autonomic nervous system and, you know, getting that whole sort of polyvagal benefit as well.
0: And you're also helping strengthen the diaphragm and keeping the tone of your core stronger and healthier and happier.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And one of the great things about rebounding is that because you're using your core, your abs, you know, every time you bounce, and you just have to go on a rebounder and put your you know hands on your abs and bounce. Pretty much every single time you bounce, you are getting a little bit of core and ab work, no matter what. So um, you know, that's a, kind of another nice big advantage.
0: And why the, this – I'm having trouble asking this question only because I have so many forms of it. I've seen a lot of people rebound. Why, why do you feel that bouncing make people makes people happy? There just seems to be an end result of people being happy when they rebound. And I go back to my opening thing about if you have a pet or a child that gets on a rebounder. At some point, if a child is on a rebounder, even a crawling baby is going to kind of bounce and is going to be giggling and chuckling and happiness.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. That's sort of almost the biggest benefit in some ways. Is It really does instinctively and easily make almost everybody happy and put them – in a mood uh in the book we write this doorway jumpers bouncing horses pogo sticks pogo balls ball hoppers moon shoes inflatable bouncers bounce houses diving boards in one way or another most of us had access to at least some of these things when we were children and somehow we instinctively knew how to use them and have fun as if motion propelled by elastic surfaces was wired into our dna so you know when you're a kid uh, gravity is your big friend. Everybody wants to bounce on a bed. Everybody wants to do these things, and it does make you happy. And I don't, you know, I think I think that's really built into the human being, and maybe it goes all the way back to some, you know, molecular level or some pre-human level when we, you know, way back in our ancestors, it was just the up and down moving. But there's something inherently soothing about safe, repetitive motion that, 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 you know, engages and energizes, and, you know, people's moods often lift tremendously, uh, you can, you know, consciously work stress out, uh, you know, if something's really bugging, you can go really hard, but, yeah, I mean, and, and it's not true for everybody, right, some people don't want to do it, but when I got on again in 2002, uh, after, you know, my an 18-year hiatus, I knew immediately that it made me feel better, and it made me feel good, and that I just was going to keep doing it. So I think there are some people who won't like it or don't like it, but you know, the vast majority of people, you know, experience this simple motion as happy making. And I don't think there's any ultimate explanation other than that's the way, you know, it is. It's a brute fact.
0: <laughs> I like the combination of happy making and brute fact. That's a great thing. That's a great t-shirt right there. Um, I'm stunned to find we're at the time where I ask you, where would you like people to find out more about you, and where would you like people to find The Bounce?
1: Yeah, the easiest way to get to all of this is just go to jordangruber.com, and that will give you a chance to go to The Bounce or the other book I wrote with Tim Satterman last year. Um, we also have a direct URL. Um, you can also find it, and the direct URL is um, Oh, shit, I'm forgetting what it is. I'll look it up while I'm here. But uh, the exciting news for us is that um, just in the last couple of weeks, the audiobook version of The Bounce uh, came out. Our friend Robin Cohn, who Bounces herself, partly because I got her into it, uh, partly because she already had been doing it, uh, was the voice of Lucy Van Pelt in several of the Charlie Brown TV specials.
0: Oh, Wow. See wow. now, just,
1: when, you hear, when you hear her voice, you will recognize it. And yeah. the funny thing here is, we literally have the same person who, you know, pulled the foot brown out for Charlie Brown for, you know, hundreds of, you know, dozens of times. Uh, you know, now inviting you to get on this trampoline. <laughs> I think that's, that,
0: I that's think, such um, a great. I'm, that's such a great subtle, unconscious. Uh, that's great. I love that. <laughs>
1: and, and, and the other thing about that that, that that's fun is that um, you can listen to the book while you're bouncing, which I, I realize is better for a lot of people than reading the book. You know, the book right. is really it's – an, it's an easy listen. You know, like most books, you get a book – how many books does anybody finish these days? But, you know, it's six and a half hours or so, and you'll listen the whole way through. It doesn't have some of the cool artwork that the uh, the paperback and the hardcover have. But um, we're really hopeful that this will do well because it's an easy way for people to get
0: into it. Great. Wonderful. Thank you so much. I'm getting applause from the chat room. And uh, thank you again, Jordan. I knew this was going to be fun, and it was is really even more than that. Uh, but with that, everybody have a great rest of the weekend, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.
1: Well, thank you so much. This great. Thank you. by law in terms of conditions 18 plus